Well, hello there. My name is Jan Burt, and this is my podcast, The Burt Not Ernie Show, where we talk about God's promises and the hope those promises bring to our everyday lives. Whenever I meet somebody new, I introduce myself as Jan Burt and say, like Burt and Ernie, since it's easy to confuse my last name with a different one. And almost always, people smile when they think of Burt and Ernie. That got me thinking. I'm a Burt, and I'm not an Ernie. But how often do we live as if we're someone God never meant for us to be? Part of knowing who you are is knowing who you're not. Hence the name, The Burt Not Ernie Show. I'm so glad you're here. Let's dig into God's promises. Well, hey there. Hello again, everybody. Janelle Burt here with episode number 72 of The Burt Not Ernie Show podcast. So uh, we're going to get right into a verse from the book of Romans, which is, gosh, what a great What a great book of the Bible Romans is. It's just tremendous. It's amazing. If you haven't read it in a while, I would just encourage you to go ahead and start reading it again. Uh, Right now, I'm in the process of, as I read it, writing it out in its entirety and then kind of just basically praying my way through it. It is a profound book. So we're going to look at Romans chapter 16. So the tail end of the book of Romans. Um, verse 20, verse 20, we'll talk about a couple of other verses, but that's going to be our primary verse for today. And I just want to say, gosh, right off the bat, like so many of us probably are feeling, uh, just a little heavy hearted or a lot, a lot heavy hearted in my case, to be just completely honest. It is, it is mid August in the year of 2021 and, I think all of us feel like 2020 has has still not come to its close, if you know what I mean. It just keeps rolling on. So I'm recording this, episode 72, in mid-August 2021, and Afghanistan has just fallen to the Taliban, following a very unusual, as in not the norm, not at all, kind of a withdrawal of U.S. troops. Uh, if you don't know, my husband is a retired United States Army officer. Uh, my father is buried in a military cemetery. Um, that kind of my that's just my background a little bit regarding knowing a little bit about what would be considered a traditional drawdown plan. And I just have to say what happened there would in no way fit the definition of a traditional drawdown or withdrawal plan. It just doesn't. Um, you know, as a soldier's wife, you just you know people who've deployed to Afghanistan. You know them. You know their stories. You know that those Middle East deployments, when you were going to Iraq, it was one thing, and that got most of the attention. But when you're kind of in the know and somebody's going to Afghanistan, that was where you really didn't want to go. What 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 our soldiers did there over the course of two decades, they went through unimaginable things. They created friendships and bonds with people, with Afghanis, interpreters and such, they train soldiers. It's very difficult for them to know that the people that they connected with so closely and relied upon, some of these interpreters that feel they have been abandoned, and uh, many of whom have been now murdered by the Taliban, They're, they've given their lives. They, they saved more American lives than you can possibly imagine. And the fact that we still have up to 40,000 Americans still there without a clear exit plan um, I'm just of the mindset that I never in my lifetime ever wanted to see again uh, a Chinook helicopter backing up to the rooftop of an embassy. This is a heartbreaking situation. And the most heartbreaking of all are the Christians there and what they are going through. 
they are experiencing a level of persecution for being Christian that is um, that is profound and it is amazing. And so I would like to pray for them at the end of this episode, just for the Lord to be so with them, to do the miraculous, to uh, intervene, to protect them, to hide them away in the cleft of his rock. And for those that are going to meet Jesus, I mean, they're saying within the next couple of weeks, almost every Christian in Afghanistan, if the Lord does not do the miraculous, they will they will lose their life. So we need to pray for them. This is the book of Revelation playing out before us, folks. This is, these are the voices crying out from under the throne saying, how long, O Lord, how long until you vindicate us? So we are obligated to pray. If we're not praying, um, I really do believe if you know the good that you ought to do and you do not do it, says the book of James, then that is sin. This is the good we ought to do to pray for them. It's sin if we don't. So let's be in prayer about that. And let's keep that in mind right now as as I read through this promised us. Look, uh, I've, I saw something this week that said it so well. It said that in Afghanistan, Christians are going to die because they continue meeting together to worship the Lord. In America, if it's inconvenient, we don't go to church. Um, that should stir something in each one of us. The very least that we can do is pray for them. And I hope we pray a lot. Fast and pray, cry out to the Lord, pray for the miraculous, pray, pray, and then pray some more. Join me in fervently praying for our brethren that we will spend eternity with and what they're about to go through. Don't put your head in the sand. Be a person, a man, a woman, a child of prayer on this issue. Okay. Um, kind of going to get off my soapbox there, but I don't even know if that's really a soapbox or more just a call to prayer. I'm going to say it's just a, a clarion call to prayer. And if we were in that situation, oh my goodness, would we not want the rest of the church interceding for us? We most certainly would. So um, it's amazing what is going on in the world right now. I really do feel like we are seeing things just unfold before us at such a rate. It's remarkable. Um, I, I'm growing more and more convinced that Jesus, his return is imminent, and I just want to be about the Father's business as we wait for his return, and I hope you want the same thing. So so this recent news, it's had me praying, and so as I worked on this episode, I was thinking a lot about, I was praying as I was writing and praying as I was reading, um, and I just think Romans 16, 20, I'm going to read from the Amplified. I just I just want to read it to you and let's lean into the Lord and by faith, let's believe this promise from this verse I'm about to read. Believe it for you. I'm believing it for me. But let's believe it beyond that for our family members, um, for our churches, for the global church, for those who follow Jesus in Afghanistan and in particular Kabul right now, uh, for our extended family, our friends, our workplaces. Let's really, really believe this today. Let's believe the God of the impossible, that he is doing the seemingly impossible right now, right now. If time is drawing to a close, and it is, then doesn't it stand to reason that God's promises are more for now than the future? Because if the future is, is winding down, let's believe. Let's believe big. Let's believe big. This is for now. This is for now. This is for now. Okay, Romans sixteen twenty from the Amplified says this, The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. What a profound verse. Now, okay, just for some context, I'm going to read a few other verses prior to this one from the same chapter, chapter 16 of Romans, and I'm staying in the Amplified. Verse 17 says this, I urge you, brothers and sisters. Okay, Paul's talking to all of us. 
You can't say, well, I'm a female and the church, I get a pass on this one. No, no, no. He's talking to all of us. I urge you, brothers and sisters, to keep your eyes on those who cause dissensions and create obstacles or introduce temptations for others to commit sin, acting in ways contrary to the doctrine which you have learned. Turn away from them. All right, so that sort of sets the tone for the verse uh, Romans 16, 20 that we're looking at today. This is a stern warning from the Apostle Paul about who to keep your eyes on and who to turn away from. Who to keep your eyes on and who to turn away from. Want me to read it again so you can kind of clue in to who it is? Who are we supposed to turn away from? Who do we need to keep our eyes on? Keep your eyes on those who cause dissensions, cause dissensions, create obstacles, introduce temptations for others to commit sin, act in ways contrary to the doctrine that you have learned. Keep your eyes on them, turn away from them. So don't keep your eyes on them and hope that you can um, influence them strongly. He doesn't say that. Once you have kept your eyes on them and you recognize them as such, as we're described in the, in the verse, verse 17, or in verse, yeah, verse 17, then turn away from them. Turn away from them. Leave them in the Lord's hands. Somebody needs to hear that today. There's somebody, there's somebody that you need to leave fully in the Lord's hands as you turn away from them. You feel like you feel guilty, maybe? You have angst over it? You feel like you haven't done enough or tried enough? If the word of God says in this case, you can turn away from them, please do it and trust that the Lord God of the universe can handle them. He wants them to turn toward him so much more than you do. But if he's calling you to turn away, turn away. Harsh words might sound like it. Uh, Is this straight from the word of God? Yes, it certainly is. Okay, so that's what we've got from verse 17. The tone is set, the stern warning from the Apostle Paul about who to keep your eyes on, who to turn away from. We honestly don't do this all that much in our modern era, right? If we if we tell the truth, permission to speak freely, sir, permission granted. Yeah, we don't do this. We're not good at this. When's the last time you really, really turned away from someone who was causing this kind of trouble within the church? Think about that context. Yeah, for those outside the church, it can be way easier to um, step back from the drama, not get drawn into their sin, uh, but still be really loving, sharing about Jesus, praying for them, for someone that you know does not know Jesus. That's far easier to do, but when it's somebody within the body of Christ, they're simply, it's, they're simply not the call to holiness that the New Testament teaches. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, we don't do that very well. There's not the call to holiness that the New Testament teaches. We don't do this very well, but we're told to do this and to do it well. This verse means exactly what it says. It does not mean anything more, but it surely does not mean anything less. And we need to stop making God's word to us as his church, as his bride. We need to stop making it less than what it actually is. That's not right. I want to encourage you and myself to apply this like a lot, like broadly. Don't ignore this wise counsel and instruction right? Let's not ignore this. Um, You know, when it's coming straight toward us who are sitting in the pew next to a lot of other people on Sunday mornings, if it's speaking to you, oh boy, oh boy, deal with it. Take it to the Lord. Ask the Holy Spirit to do his amazing cleansing and renewing and life-changing work in your life. If it applies to others, then pray and do what this, if it says turn away from them, turn away from them. Let's do what the word of God says, right? 
I read the word of God and I do the word of God. Jesus said, if you love me, you will obey me. We've got to get better at this, folks. Time is running out. We can't keep playing patty cake. We have got to get serious. We've got to get serious. It's time. This is the time. Okay, so let's apply this to the people in the churches with us, because this is written to the church. This is a letter to the church. Holiness unto the Lord is so important. It's important enough that um, at times we are going to have to speak hard biblical truths so that people can get a better idea of you know how they're living and how it does not align with God's word. Holiness unto the Lord is actually really important, and we actually really need to take it seriously. Okay, so if that seems clear as mud, um, sorry, (laughs) I hope it makes a little bit of sense. I have a feeling you get my drift. Okay, let's read verses 18 and 19 from Romans chapter 16, still in the Amplified. For such people do not serve our Lord Christ, but their own appetites and base desires. By smooth and flattering speech, they deceive the hearts of the unsuspecting, the innocent and the naive. For the report of your obedience has reached everyone, so that I rejoice over you, but I want you to be wise in what is good and innocent in what is evil. So there it is. There it is. There's that. Look, if I were to tell you that Romans is a book that does not bring heavy teaching every single time I open it, I'd be flat out lying to you. It is intense because the author, led by the Holy Spirit, intended it to be intense. If it's intense, it's because God meant for it to be so. In these days that we live, closer and closer and closer. Every minute we're closer to Jesus's return. We need that intensity. It is medicine for our souls. It keeps us healthy and it prevents us from falling ill. It's critically important. If someone is serving their own appetites, if someone is serving their base desires, they are not serving Jesus. That's not me saying that. That's the book of Romans. This is what Paul says. It's the unarguable truth from the word of God. It's a litmus test and it really works well. Watch out for smooth and flattering speech. Look, flattery is very different from a compliment. Flattery is very different from a compliment. And once you get a little bit of, you know, you fine tune your the way you pay attention to things, you can very easily see what's flattery and what's what's a compliment. Pray for a heart that is shored up and guarded and that will not be deceived. Uh, pray to to um to not be naive to not remain so naive that you that you just can't see deception for what it is until it's done some roughing up nasty work on you you can pray that i would not be naive lord you can pray lord may i have a heart that's shored up and guarded so it will not be deceived you should pray for those things let the report of your obedience reach others why not isn't that a beautiful testimony let 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 the report of your obedience reach others let it allow it Be so obedient to God and to his word that it actually reaches people, reaches out and touches them. It makes an impact. That's what I want you to do. Why do I want you to do that? Because that's what God wants you to do. They should notice your obedience. People should notice your obedience. They should. Not your mm, grace abusing. How about your obedience? Let's, Let's focus on that a little bit more. Ask the Holy Spirit to make you wise in what is good and also innocent in what is evil. Is that not a beautiful prayer? Lord, make me wise in what is good and make me innocent in what is evil. You pray that over yourself, over your husband, over, um, you know, over your kids, over your workplace. You'll start to see some things happening. 
That's an awesome prayer to pray. Father, would you make me, would you make me, make my children, make my husband just wise in what is good and innocent in what is evil. And then after we read all of that, we land on our verse for today, our promise that is for us straight from the Bible, Romans sixteen twenty. the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. He's the God of peace. And his peace, it can be ours right in the middle of stressful situations. I know you know that, but are you experiencing it? More than knowledge, are you living this? Peace can be ours. It ought to be ours during health problems, during disorder on the other side of the globe, during changes in our jobs, during every single thing. He is the God of peace. Allow him to totally be the God of peace in your life in all of it in every little thing, in every big thing in your world. He promises that he will, yeah, there's that word will, that amazing word will, will soon. Another amazing word, soon. He has promised that he will soon crush Satan under your feet. What a tremendous promise. The God of peace will soon crush Satan. How awesome is that promise? Under whose feet? Yours and mine. I, wow. You will see this, my friend. You're going to see this, not from afar, but up close and personal. If God is crushing Satan under your feet, you're going to see it. You're going to be a part of this promised crushing of Satan. It's a promise, and God keeps every promise he makes. And then the second part of verse 19 says this, The wonderful grace of our Lord Jesus be with you. The grace of Jesus truly is wonderful, too wonderful for words. It really is. And that's why we want to be careful to not be grace abusers. It's the greatest gift. We don't want to slight it. We don't want to belittle it. We don't want to degrade the Lord by abusing it. It's too wonderful for that. It may be, it may be that as you, as you uh, listen today, you realize that maybe God's peace has not been guarding your heart and mind the way that it should. I pray for you that you will yield to the Lord's peace no matter what is going on. And it may be that you are are like, wow, this, how can this verse be for me? How will he soon crush Satan under my feet? You know, I can't answer your specific situation. I can just tell you that he's promised and so he will. And as scary as it might seem to fully believe this, as risky as it might seem, the more risky option is to not believe it. Honestly, if you know Jesus, got to believe, got to believe. So just choose to believe. Um, as we stand in prayer for ourselves, our situations, our families, our workplaces, our nation, the local church, but also for our brothers and sisters in Christ in Afghanistan today, may we pray that the grace of Jesus the grace of their Lord Jesus would be with them and that the God of peace would soon, soon, soon crush Satan under their feet. Even today, let's ask him for that. We can and we should pray with boldness. We can and we must pray with boldness for God to keep his amazing promise and to give all of his children peace because he's the God of peace. Appeal to him on his own terms. He said it. He wants us to stand in faith and he wants us to believe that he really does mean exactly what he says. The God of peace is going to crush Satan under our feet. May it be so, Lord Jesus, even this very day, this very moment. Lord, bless your people with supernatural peace. Move us forward to advance your kingdom and to show you, to reveal you to a hurting world. Do the miraculous on behalf of those that are in harm's way in Afghanistan. Hide them. 
provide Damascus Road experiences to members of the Taliban who are bent on evil, but they need to know Jesus personally. May they have an experience like like Saul had on the road to Damascus when he was ready to persecute Christians. Do it again, Lord. Send your angels to be a hedge of protection around those who are being hunted down, just as you promised in Psalm 91. Never stop moving. Never stop showing us who you truly are. Reveal to us yet again how you long to answer our faith-filled, bold prayers, and let us base our praying on the promises we find in your word. Do the impossible and then do it again. Crush Satan under the feet of your followers today, right now, and all the praise, all the glory, all the thankfulness that we can muster up from the depths of our hearts. It's yours, Lord. It's yours. We praise you. Thank you for teaching us how to pray, for giving us promises that we can believe you for. Never stop moving, never stop working, never stop touching hearts and changing lives. Never, never stop crushing Satan under our feet. All of our hope is in you, Jesus, and it is not a misplaced hope. It is not a misplaced hope. It is hope that is certain, and it will yield amazing results. Keep us in a state of undying belief, and Lord, save and rescue and restore and heal and do what only you can do in Afghanistan today. We ask all this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for joining me today. I know this was a little bit of a heavy podcast and, um, you know, I don't want to be a Debbie Downer, but we really needed to just pause and pray today because it's just, you can tell in in my voice, I'm sure you can tell it's very heavy on my heart, but Jesus is on the throne. Our father has not abdicated his throne, his authority, his reign, and his rule. He is still the Lord God of heaven's armies. The Holy Spirit is as powerful today as he was at Pentecost. And so I'm praying, even as I pray for God's protection and blessing and for Satan to be crushed under their feet soon, I'm also praying for just hope to arise in all of our hearts that we're going to see the Lord move, that we're going to hear amazing stories, and that God will be glorified, and that even even who knows that God won't save many, many more people all around the world as a result of what's happening right now. Because as Joseph said about his brothers all the way back in Genesis, in the first book of the Bible, what you meant for evil, God meant for good. Lord, do it again. What was meant for evil by Satan working through men who do not know who Jesus is, Lord, turn it to good in Jesus name. And he will. Will he not? Yes, he will. Yes, he will. Okay. Um, So I don't really have like a call to action or anything for you today other than the most important one. And that's just to keep praying. Keep praying. Believe the Lord will keep his promise and expect to see his hand at work all over the world. I hope you have a really blessed day. I'm going to see you back here for episode 73 of the Bert Not Ernie show. Um, Let's keep praying. Let's keep believing God for big things and take care. Take care. Guard your peace, lean into Jesus, cling to him, and remember, this promise is not just for his children in Afghanistan, it's for you. He's going to soon crush Satan under your feet. Believe it and receive it. That's not name it and claim it stuff. That's just really, you believe it and you say, I'm, you go ahead and do it, Lord, and I'm open to it. I'm ready. I'm ready to see. You don't try to tie God's hand, so to speak, by saying, mm, I don't think that's going to happen. Say, it will happen. It will happen. That's what I mean when I say believe it and receive it. I don't mean name it and claim it. I mean, believe God and the belief that you're actually going to see that happen in your life soon and very soon. Won't he do it? Yes, he will. Lord bless you. I'll see you next time. Bye-bye. 
I'm so glad you joined me for this episode of the Burt Not Ernie Show. It's an honor and a blessing to talk about God's promises with you. Have a fabulous day. And remember, part of knowing who you are is knowing who you're not. Lord bless. I'll see you next time.